to this world. Lord, if we only knew, if we could only imagine, Lord, what it would be like for all eternity, Lord, to be with our God. Lord, we just thank you for this time together to worship and praise you. Lord, be glorified in your church, Lord. We just give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. How's everybody? <laughs> well, I can't believe uh, we're on chapter 11. What an uh, awesome adventure it's been for me. Uh, too often, Christians in the church today find themselves pa- passive and intellectually accepting almost anything that comes around the pike. Anything that feels right, anything they're told, we accept instead of looking to see whether it is biblically foundation. If the pastor says it, if the church teaches it, we believe it. We have an obligation to Christ in the church. To know our Bibles. To walk by faith, but to know and search the scriptures. Peter said, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and trembling. If you have a living faith, your faces should shine. And people will ask, why do you have such hope? And we need to be able to give them an answer when they ask. We must sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. Study and know the word of truth. The sword of the spirit. We need to be like Bereans when Paul and Silas came to them and shared the word. They, re- they received it with joy and readiness of heart and they searched the scriptures daily to make sure that those things were so. And, and Paul said, this is noble. This is what you should do. And the reason we have cults thriving And multiplying and drawing the multitudes is because people refuse to search and make sure. And I'm speaking to you guys in the church especially that we need to be Bereans in our home. We need to be spiritual leaders and search the scriptures and make sure that what our family is being fed is scripturally found. We need to digest the word of God. 
I believe Solomon challenges us to search the scriptures and be not like the Ephesian Christians, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike. Solomon determined to find what what is real in this life should be a challenge to you and me. As true believers in Jesus Christ, the preacher's failure to find real value in earthly things challenges me to look at things that are above. Paul said in Colossians 3, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, which, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Is life worth living? That was a question that Solomon raised when he began his course in Ecclesiastes. Ongoing theme of the book has been vanity, vanity, vanity. All is grasping for the wind. The futility of seeking happiness in things under the sun, he concluded, no, life is not worth living. He gave us four arguments to support his conclusion. The monotony of life, the vanity of wisdom, futility of wealth, and the certainty of death. In my heart, this has been my conclusion before I came to Christ. And I did everything to run from that. It was this conclusion that kept me running and kept me eating with the pigs. And I'm so thankful that God chose me, pulled me up, and gave me hope today. Being a wise man, Solomon reviewed his arguments, and this time he brought God into the picture. God makes all the difference in the world. To you and me. He gives this world hope. He gives the purpose of every believer in every situation, every trial, every testing, and everything that we go through, he gives us purpose. Life is not monotonous, but filled with challenges and adventures in faith. And uh, I'm so grateful for that because my life is an adventure today. In the following chapter, Solomon was ready for his conclusion and his personal application. Life is an adventure. Walk in faith. Life is a gift. Enjoy it. Life is a school to learn from it. Life is a stewardship. Get this because this is really important. And this is his conclusion of the book. Fear God, for this is true wisdom. And that fear of God is that love for him to realize what he did for you and I, that you and I would have life. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 goes, Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. We need to invest our money, our time, 
our talents for Jesus Christ. I believe this is true with the gospel. We need to cast our bread to all those who need the true bread of life. We may not be, see immediate results as we share the gospel message, but eventually the harvest is sure. Did you know that? That's a promise. I want you to do me a favor and turn to Isaiah 55. You see, when we cast our bread out, when we share our faith, when we pick up the sword of the Spirit and we share the Word of God, He gives us a promise. His Word will accomplish that which He sent it. In Isaiah 55, in verse 10 goes, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall bring forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Did you know that? That you and I share our faith, and we stick to the word of God. God says, I send it out. It's not your responsibility, and what happens is, it's up to me. And he goes, I guarantee you, and that for which I send it out, it will not return to me without accomplishing what I, what I sent it out to do. And it's the word of God. And I, I have learned when, when sharing with Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, if I stick to the word of God in love and share my faith, God changes hearts. And he penetrates people with the word of God. Because, see, I can share my testimony and I can share what God has done to me, and it's powerful. But the Word of God is sure. He gets all the glory. See, I've been praying and witnessing to people for years. And it's awesome to wait on the Lord and see the fruit of that witnessing. God makes the increase. God gets all the glory. Solomon was saying, walk by faith, enjoy the ride, trust in him, and he will give the increase. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I accepted a life of adventure. And what an awesome ride it is. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2 goes. Give a serving to seven and also to eight. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. The evil that Solomon's talking about is troubles, trials, 
not only sin. But troubles and trials are for sure. They're going to come our ways. So if you're going through one of those mountaintop experiences, this too shall pass. Because the trials will come that will test your faith. And I'm learning more and more to appreciate the trials because I grow through those trials in my faith. And, I, and, and I've seen the hand of God work in my life like never before. You want to see miracles? Walk in faith. Walk through the trials. Be generous with what you have. God gives everything to you. Trust in him. I believe the preacher is saying, show uncalculated kindness while you can, because the time of calamity and misfortune may come when you are not able to do this. We usually say, save up for a rainy day. I am glad we have adopted a spirit of giving here at Calvary Chapel. That should be each one of our hearts. I'd rather be wrong in giving than to be wrong when I didn't. Verse 3 goes, If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. If a tree falls to the south or, or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. I believe Solomon is advising us against delaying our investments because a lot of times, because of greedy desires, we'll wait, we'll wait. Just as sure as the rain-filled clouds empty themselves upon the earth, so surely do troubles and trials come to us. I found this poem and I wanted to share it with you. I thought it fit well. As a tree falls, so shall it lie. As a man lives, so shall he die. As a man dies, so shall he be. All through the years of eternity. You and I are leaving a legacy every day of what man we are. And, and what kind of witness we shall be. And I've said it before, but you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter what position you, you serve in Christ. You're a witness. Whether you're a janitor at the high school, you may have more crowns than any preacher on earth because of your witness of what you do and how you handle yourself at work and how you pray for others and your kindness. And I believe Solomon was saying, don't be greedy. We are either laying up treasures in heaven, gold, silver, precious stones, or we laying up hay, stubble, and wood. But everything that we do in Christ will be tried by fire when he appears. Verse 4 goes... He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so do you not know the works of God who makes everything. 
there is always going to be wind and clouds. If you wait, you will never sow. If you wait for sunshine, you will never reap. If a man waits for certainty, you will always be waiting and never harvesting. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. We do not know what God has in store for each one of us as we step out in faith, as we pray, as we seek God's will, and knock until the doors open. But a lot of times we sit and think, I prayed, I'm just waiting. I'm sitting in my living room, but we need to walk in faith. And walk means action. In verse 5 he goes, As you do not know, the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in a womb of her child, who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Since we do not know everything, and God does not give us his plan, we have no choice but to muddle through life and walk by faith. With what knowledge we do have as we step out on faith, God is faithful and he will lead us. When crossing over to the Jordan in the promised land, Joshua had to step into the rushing water. As the river was going by, he had to step his foot into the river by faith and trust that God would recede the water. And Joshua and the children of Israel walked across on dry land. And sometimes you and I need to step into the rushing water and trust and have faith in him. And that's not easy to do. There is a lovely parallel between Solomon's words and Jesus' words to Nicodemus. When Jesus said to Nicodemus, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound of it, and you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is sovereign. And he moves within the hearts of every believer. And Jesus moves within our hearts. He formed our hearts when we were still in our mother's womb. I've often wondered how a father and mother can hold a little baby miracle in their hands and not believe in God. Because they hold a precious miracle in their hands. There should be no atheist parents. All should be born again. Paul said to the church in Corinthians, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by all things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that man is without excuse. And every human being, when they stand before God, will have no excuse because creation is all around us. God does not hide his glory from man, but his glory is everywhere to be seen. And that when they appear before the Lord God, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, I knew 
and I refuse to serve you. And that's a sad thing. Verse 6 goes, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do, what, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which is prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. The word prosper is keshar. It means to be right, to be successful, to be correctly aligned. And when we trust in God, trust calls for action. Calls us to step out in faith. And he says, in the morning and evening, literally means every part of the day. Simply at all times. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Do you know that you and I exhorted to preach the word? In spreading the word of God, success is guaranteed. And this kind of blows my mind to think about that because it's not dependent on Fritz and my abilities. It's dependent on God. We should be untiring, versatile, ingenious, creative, and faithful in service in all that we do for the Lord. I want to share a little story, and this is a, a true story. I thought it fit really well. Every day, at exactly the same time, Margaret would go to the bathroom cabinet, open it, take out a huge bottle of castor oil. Then she would head to the kitchen to get a tablespoon. At the sound of the drawer opening and the silverware rattling patches, her Yorkshire Terrier would run and hide, sometimes under the bed, at other times in the bathtub, or behind Margaret's recliner. Someone had convinced Margaret that Patches would have a strong teeth, a beautiful coat, and a long life if she gave him a spoonful of castor oil every day. So as an act of love, every 24 hours, she cornered Patches, pinned him down, pried his mouth open, and poured a tablespoon of castor oil down the little doggy's throat. That's love. Neither Patches nor Margaret enjoyed their daily wrestling match. Then one day in the middle of their battle royal, with one sideways kick, Patches sent the dreaded bottle of castor oil flying across the kitchen floor. It was a momentary victory for little Patches. As Margaret let him go so she could run to the pantry and grab a towel to clean up the mess. When Margaret got back, she was utterly shocked because there was Patches licking up the spilled castor oil with a look of satisfaction only a little dog <laughs> can make. He liked castor oil. Margaret began to laugh uncontrollably. In a moment, it all made sense. Patches liked castor oil. He just hated being pinned down 
held, having it poured down his throat. Welcome to the world of evangelism. Because a lot of times we think that this is our job is to pour it down people's throats. And we just, we have what they want. We have the gospel message. The gospel message means the good news of eternal life. And people are hungry for hope. Because they live each day getting drunk, getting high, fighting with their boss, hating their job. And they have no hope. And you and I got the goods. But we think we're, we, we need to pour the castor oil down the dog's throat. And, and we just, we need to share the gospel in love. And be creative about it. Because people will ask you why you have that hope in you. Because your face is shine. Because God has given you through. Don't think that people are not watching you through the trials that you go through. And what you go through, when troubles come, they're watching you. Oh, sure, they're, they're smiling every day when life is good. But now that troubles come, how are they going to react? And when that smile doesn't go away and you're just walking, knowing... God's going to take me through this. God's faithful. People want that. Right here in verse, uh, verse 7, the entire mood of the book changes as though he has drawn his conclusion of the whole matter. Truly the light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. All that is coming is vanity. Here I believe Solomon is talking about the light of youth. But I couldn't help when I heard the light is sweet, I couldn't help but think of my Savior. He says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. He is speaking, of, speaking to the young men. He is talking to his sons. And he was talking about their youth. It is great to be young. It is great to be healthy, strong, and full of life. No matter how many years of vigor and prosperity a man enjoys, old age is going to get you. Not at heart, huh? <laughs> you know, he says, days of darkness, aches and pains, headaches and heartaches will come. And you can't help as those days grow closer and closer and you hurt more and more, our hearts yearn to be where there will be pain no more. Where Jesus said, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. What a promise for you and I to hang on to. He says, for they will be many and all that is coming is vanity. I must confess, I never really understood when people talked about living one day at a time. I preached it. I said it. Never completely understood it. Because we always have a foot in the past and we're looking to the future. But when my accident happened and I almost lost my arm, all I could think of is, Lord, please save my arm. Don't let them take my arm. And it wasn't until about six months later I ran into one of the, 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 the nurses that uh, came to the side of the road to care for me. And she says, Fritz, I don't think you understand. We wasn't worried about your arm. We were worried about you. We really thought we were going to lose you. And, and all we could think of is we're going to lose you in the side of the road. And all we could think about is getting you in an ambulance and getting you to the hospital so that we could stabilize you. And every day is an absolute gift from God and a treasure. And it's fragile. And you never know when God's going to call you home. Every day I thank God for a new day in Him. And I try to glorify Him with every day as a gift from Him. I may hurt and move slowly, but these are the best days of my life. Amen. Verse 9 goes, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these God will bring you into judgment. See, when I read this, it was hard for me to understand whether Solomon was sincere or cynical. But when I read verse 10, I believe that he was crying out to the young men, rejoice, live it, enjoy it. Because God's going to bring you into judgment. And I believe that judgment is not standing before him. But that judgment in Solomon's eyes was old age. The price of the fall. The price of sin. God does give us all things richly to enjoy. But not to sin. Solomon warning us, God will bring all things into judgment. And I was talking to a friend this week, and uh, he said, it, it, it appears to me that there's contradictions in the Bible. Are we not washed 
and cleansed in the blood of Christ from our sins. I want you to do me a favor and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because we will not be judged as the world is judged. But there is a judgment for believers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, this is what Paul told them. For we are God's fellow workers. You know, there's no one higher than another. All we are is workers. We're laborers in the harvest. And he goes, and you are God's field, and you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. See, this, this foundation which is laid is Christ Jesus. And we need to make sure whatever we build on this foundation is, is built and based on the word of God. And we need to be really careful when we're sharing not to twist the word of God, not even one word. Because this is true. And he goes on to say, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, each one's work will be clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which, is, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. See, I don't want to stand before the Lord and find out that, that I got no eyebrows. And I just made, I just made it through the fire. And I got here, and I'm standing before him with wood, hay, and stubble, and it's all ashes. And see, man looks at the outer appearance. God looks at the works that a man does. And you may look at Pastor Jackie and, and you may look at people on, on your TV set, your, your favorite evangelists and, and uh, preachers. But God looks at the heart of a man. And if you want to receive your praise and your rewards from man, that will be your reward. But God looks at the heart and it's all those things that we do in secret. And it could be just praying for somebody. It could be just sharing your faith. It could be just comforting someone that's crying and brokenhearted. It's just being a faithful witness, a faithful servant. I didn't want to get funny, but I heard a story about a, a great evangelist. And uh, he uh, built quite a ministry and his day came and he uh, was called home. And Peter, St. Peter ushered him in, showed him his crown, handed him his crown. Well done. Showed him his mansion. It was a little mansion. And right next to him was a, 
taxi driver in his own town. He had crowns all over him. Crowns on his head, piled at his feet. And they showed him his mansion. And it was a huge, huge mansion. And the preacher was a little upset. And he says, I spent my whole life preaching the word. I spent my whole life dedicated to God's word. And Peter said, well, you did. And that's why you got a crown. He goes, he goes well, well, well why, why did he get all these crowns? And he's a taxi man from my own hometown. And he says, well, it's this simple. While you preach, your congregation slept. While he drove, they prayed. <laughs> you know, I never knows what, what kind of witness we're called to be. <laughs> Verse 10 goes. I'll hear about that when I get home. <laughs> Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart. This is why I believe that, that Solomon was, uh, was sincere when he said, Rejoice, O young man. He says, Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. You know that evil is not just sin. But it's those things that tear our heart away from the Lord. For childhood and youth are vanity. While you are young, enjoy it, embrace it, run like the wind. Get out from and under your Game Boys and your remote controls and live life to the fullest. I believe we have a wasted generation that sits in front of the tube and plays games. It saddens me, and I'm probably uh, may even upset a few people. It, it upsets me to see people on a date, and they're sitting in front of their their phones and they're texting someone else. I, it just—it's like you—you you have this beautiful person across from you. Put the thing away. Because in a moment, in the puff, like a vapor, this life is gone. I remember my youth feeling like I could last forever. I could run forever and never stop. Climb any hill, any tree, and no one could catch me. In many ways, I still think like that. And Joni has to remind me. Not a kid no more. <laughs> but after four trips up the snow hill with an inner tube, <laughs> I'm reminded I'm old and tired and I need oxygen. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw once remarked, trouble with youth is that it's wasted on the young. And it's so true. Enjoy life, put away sorrows, put away troubles and evil. In Psalm 1, David wrote, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. It does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. For in his delight is in the law of the Lord, that is the word of God. And in, his and in the law, 
He meditates day and night. He shall be like the river tree planted by the river of water. That's leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper in the thing for which. You and I need to be like that tree that's planted in the river of Christ Jesus. That's my heart. That's where I want to be. I want to be firmly planted in the river, which is Jesus. And when you are planted in Christ, whatever you do will prosper in it. We don't have to wonder, well, what is the will of God? The will of God is step out in faith. If it's an uneven yoke, if it's heavy burden, you know it's not the Lord. Try something else. I wish I could look back and say I've served the Lord my whole life. But I have no regrets. My times are in God's hands and so are yours. There's no sense in looking back at the plow. Because there's nothing, it's, it's, it's a waste. It's absolute waste of time to look back at the things that we did. But just look at what God's going to do. I'm so glad that God opened my eyes. What an adventure we have in Jesus Christ, amen? I still feel like I can take on giants on that hill. Just put, some, just put some skis on me. Let's all stand and pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time, Lord, with you. Lord, you are our, our desire. You are our, our uh, reason for living, Lord. You are our all in all. Lord, you give us hope. You are our treasure, Lord, and we... Uh, Long it more and more to be with you, Lord. For to be with you, Lord, is to be like you, Lord. For we will be completed in you. And we will see you as you really are. We will see what it costs for us to have this life in you. For you will still have the holes in your hands and the hole in your side and the prints in your feet. Lord, that's, that was true love, that you died for us. Lord, and we just give you glory and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
black as could be Jesus came forth Born of a virgin Dwelled among men My example is he Word became flesh Life shine among us Glory revealed Living he loved me Dying he saved me Dying he carried My sin far away Rising he justified Freely forever One day he's coming Oh glorious day Da 
impossible to please you, Lord. Lord, help us to look at things above, Lord, that we would learn to count our days, Lord, and glorify you with all that we, all that we do, Lord. Lord, that our life would reflect that we have been with you and that you have changed us. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.